Good morning, you two. How are you doing today? Oh, fine, fine. Very good. It's always wonderful to uh, have proximity to Ed Dwight, even if it's only through Zoom. Oh, my goodness. I mean, how about that dedication that he's get, given to this nation? I mean, he said yes so many times, and, and it's helped shape where we are in this present place of space. Uh, Absolutely. To be in this moment of the space race, um, um, I, I, this, I cannot wait to see this documentary all the way through because the, the space has always been my life, and so and then, but you're you're bringing this together in a way that's never been done before. Well, in telling the story of Ed Dwight, one of our incredible space pioneers, and the path that he laid as a groundbreaker for those who followed, ultimately leading to 20 years later with Guy Bluford being the first African-American to fly to space is pretty incredible for me. Many of my documentary films have been about icons who have passed away. So to be able to tell the story of living icons who have created such a tremendous legacy has been like one of the greatest joys of, of, of my professional career. Ed, what was it like for you to be able to trust the people at NASA to put you in space? Because, I mean, there are so many doubters even today because it's like, how, or what are you going to do up there? What are we learning? Are we wasting money? But, Ed, you kept marching forward, and you have really put a dent in the history books. Well, yeah, uh, I I. I I didn't look at it like that at the time. I look at it very philosophically now, <laughs> but uh, uh, but the, the you know the challenge that you know was that that was laid at my feet. Uh, I, I, I the the good news is I was well prepared for it uh, with my training uh, and my philosophy and my attitude and my background all 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 fit together. Uh, and uh, and yes, I was disappointed for I did not travel in space. Uh, and I, I guess I, in retrospect, I am disappointed that I didn't get to do that at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of these days, I, uh, I, I will go up because uh, uh, I've been offered an opportunity to, to travel with one of the one of the civilian uh, space uh, programs. Uh, so, so I. I I got high enough to, uh, in, in, in when I was in flight tests, I got high enough to see the curvature of the earth and to see the wow. atmosphere where it ended and how it got dark above. I've been up to 75, 80,000 feet, so I, I, I got a handle on that part of it, but not for an extended period of time. Lisa, when it comes to today's modern-day space entrepreneurship, how does that change the storyline of how we've grown in space? Is it forward, or is it, okay, we're going to pause here because we can only go so far with these entrepreneurships? Well, the entrepreneurships right now are limited to those who can afford uh, to travel. That's, I think it's the biggest difference between uh, the goals of the National Space Program. The National Space Pro- Program is looking to the future. It's looking to um, people living in uh, outside of the Earth. And what is exciting about making this film is seeing that it's a journey that started out with only a select few group of men. And uh, as we fast forward now, it is uh, 
a journey that has been realized by so many different nationalities and certainly has afforded great progress to African-Americans within the space program itself. Ed, as you walk around the everyday world, I mean, I'm sure you're like me, you take note of the people who are wearing NASA merchandise. And that inspires me because it's almost like it disappeared for the longest time, but people are really excited about being up in space. What what do you feel when you're walking through a crowd to see that? Uh, well, well, uh, to, to, be, to be totally candid with you, I guess I, I guess I'm a fan of that because I got a buy a lot of Na, uh, NASA memorabilia. <laughs> be t- totally candid, I don't know why I'm doing it, but I, I, I joined that crowd of people that are that that are uh, that that uh, that NASA has influenced mm-hmm. because. The NASA was going strong there for a long period of time, and and the only thing left over from NASA now is the memorabilia, uh, and and NASA is almost looked at as a, as a memory, which is kind of sad because there's a lot of work NASA has yet to do, and uh, uh, and they they've lowered the barrier of you know protecting their their, their brand and their and and you can buy NASA equipment all over the place right now, and I. I'm kind of I, I'm really kind of disappointed in it, uh, but uh, on on the other hand, it does keep the consciousness of space travel, uh, you know, in the American uh, uh, in the American mind. Uh, uh, we, we're we're destined to keep exploring space. I mean, there's no stopping that. That's just going to continue to happen. Uh, it's 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 easing into more civilian control yeah. because NASA has subcontracted out just about every one of their functions to you know to civilian in- entities and and I'm wor- I'm actually kind of worried about that because uh, uh, you know uh, you know without being controversial you know we have the opportunity to. Uh, to 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 be vulnerable, if you will, mm-hmm. with 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 civilians, with not the right uh, attitudes and aims and objectives uh, of controlling uh, this this important uh, project of going to space, and and I still think it's worthy going out and finding out what's out there, uh, but I, but but I am disappointed in in the America just turning everything that they've done in the past over to civilian control that bothers me a little bit. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very inspired by the way that the FAA is involved with what's going on with these rockets as well, because for many of us, the only thing we saw were the black and white news reels of, of them before the Apollo missions went up these days, before anything is going up. I mean, it's, it's even someone like Elon Musk says, yeah, okay. So we, we had a situation, but we learned from it. And it's like, wow, we're living what was once in those news reels. That's, that's that's right. Uh, that's exactly right. And and uh, and uh, and I'm still opining o- over this of this rocket that uh, that must have sent uh, uh, that blew up on 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 uh, on launch, mm-hmm. and all the engineers in the group clapped and they, and they cheered. And I'm going, what in the world? So I mean, I get worried about these uh, things when you look at the. Uh, you know, uh, America's overall uh, overall involvement in the whole thing. I get seriously worried about it. Lisa, um, how did you get all the uh, the astronauts involved in this project? I mean, was it was it an easy task, or was it something that you had to really dig in and start knocking on some doors and making some phone calls? 
That is a great question. And I give so much credit to our EP on this film, Leland Melvin, a former astronaut himself. He opened up the doors for us to meet everyone that we wanted to have in the film. As you've seen um, in watching it, it's a very close-knit group of people. And once we spoke to one astronaut, um, they would say, well, you know, you really have to speak to this person. Um, but it was Leland who got the train started for us. Ed, th- this easily could have been described as in honor of U.S. Space Week, but no, 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 it's World Space Week. That that inspires my soul to hear that in there, that it's the entire world. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I was uh, uh, recently uh, in, in a group of, uh, of women astronauts that they had brought, uh, and I was the only male uh, in this whole group uh, uh, down in Arizona, uh, and I did not know that, that there were women from Saudi Arabia, there's women from the, all over the Middle East. There were astronauts that I had, and they have been in space, traveled in space. I had no idea <laughs> that, that, that this was, was so worldly and, 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 the, and, the, and the openness on the part of the, of the overall space program to bring people in from around the world to fly into space under our auspices. It was just incredible to, to me. I laughed like a kid when 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 the uh, when the the uh, the flight from India landed on the moon because it was like oh my god this is right. so cool <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I had no idea India had a space program I didn't either <laughs> <laughs> how, how does that change the storyline then Lisa now that it is becoming more of a global adventure in space. Well, the focus on in, in the space race has always been on Ed Dwight's journey and the accomplishments 20 years later of what we call the shuttle men, you know, Guy Bluford, Ron McNair, Fred Gregory, of actually becoming the first African-Americans to fly in space. Yep. So, and then the active astronauts, excuse me, sorry, um, Victor Glover and Jessica Watkins and what lies in the future for them. This film is going to come out in February 2024 on Nat Geo and Disney Plus and will be seen around the globe. So the American story will certainly have a resonance on viewers everywhere. Wow. Ed, does the term the right stuff, has it been redefined these days compared to what you went through and how people go through it today? Uh, You you know, uh, there's a a book called The Right Stuff, and then the author uh, uh, of that book and I became friends and all. uh, And and this whole whole idea of the right stuff. uh, And they they kind of permeated uh, uh, all of, of... of my existence in a space program. And the large question is, is does this guy have the right stuff? And, you know, and too many people at that time, uh, you know, answered that question, no. Uh, and the next question was, does any black man have the right stuff? 
Uh, and that became a looming question during the 20 year period of time from when I went in to training and, and when Bluford went up. So that was a 20 year span of, of exploring about this idea of blacks in space and can an African-American have the right stuff. Uh, and too many people with a snap answer says no. Mm. There's no question about it. They, they just don't have it. Mm. And so, so I'm just uh, I revel that uh, at Charlie Bolden and Guy Bluford and uh, and all the guys that came in and to to show the world that you know there there is some right stuff in the black community and uh, and and some of it's over right better than right stuff and that's that, that's where I feel really good about it that they've shown and Victor Glover to, to me is a rock star because he's got the right stuff plus, plus, plus. And so the answer to that question is that we now are answering it in spades. Wow. Because I'm a daily writer, I've been doing it since July of 1994. I love reading other people's journey on paper. Will you ever release anything like that? Because you being an astronaut, I'm sure the power of the writing instrument was a major part of your journey growing forward. I I would just love to touch those pages to find out what the texture of your thoughts were. Well, 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 get my book. It's it's called (laughs) Soaring on the Wings of a Dream. (laughs) It's got all of it there. (laughs) See, and and to be that open, I mean, to to me, what what you're doing is you're opening the door for all people to believe in reaching out there into space. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, believe me. You know, some of the people that you meet, some of the, especially some of the women astronauts that I've met, uh, and they're so humble. And, and you say to yourself, my God, how yeah. in the world could this little bitty woman person, uh, and, you know, and I'm being, uh, it sounds crazy because I'm, I'm only five foot four inches tall myself. But uh, I, I, I said and, and talked to these lady astronauts that have been in the space and they're so, uh, so, so regular. Yeah. Uh, and to, and to, 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 to surmise about what the devil's going on in her head. And what went on in her head that allowed her to assume enough experience and knowledge and, uh, and self-confidence to go do this and to become an astronaut. I'm talking about the women that I've women astronauts that I've met that have been in the space. And it's amazing to me that the built in built inside of these people, these young women, uh, all this incredible knowledge that I that, you know, they have to have. To do this uh, is just amazing to me. In putting this documentary together, Lisa, do you look at space differently now? When you look up there at night to see the stars, is it a different story? I see myself. I see the possibility that space holds for all of us for the advancement of humanity. And I also see a connection to my ancestors because African peoples have always had a connection to the cosmos. So I feel like it's come full circle uh, to have insight into the possibility that they saw, but also what Victor Glover and Jessica Watkins are going to be able to achieve as they travel back to space and go to the moon and everything that the Artemis mission is going to provide. 
How scary is it for you, Ed, to think that an AI might be the first thing that really is stepping on Mars? Because, it, you know, the humans have always dreamt about being up there on Mars, but is it, is it going to be a robot? I mean, I, I realize they have rovers up there now, but to physically go up there and make a presence. Well, you know, I'm, I really have to stretch my imagination uh, uh, being away from uh, all the inside game and, and knowing as much as as the people who created AI and what AI represents, uh, the positive parts of AI and the negative parts of AI. Uh, and, and, and I have yet uh, to package it and put it together yeah. about how, how would AI uh, how would it be used uh, uh, to, uh, for, uh, to go into space and to do all the, all the things that, that needed to be done? Uh, and then there's a practicality of, of going to Mars. There's a nine-month mission to get there, and there's a nine-month mission to get back. Uh, and I'm trying to package that in my brain, and that's really difficult for me because I'm, I'm not that close to the, the, the hard you know the hard engineering and the advanced engineering that I would need to per- perceive of how I would work in this situation and how 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 could it be done and and, and I'm sure that's going to be revealed to the American public as this as we move along uh, with this AI and space and how it interfaces. I'm just I I just I sit in wonderment about how how it's going to happen and how it's going to be done and. And, and 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 how are we going to have the people that we revere that have done this come back to us in 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 in, in good shape and be able to tell that story wow because that's what's needed we got to get up there we got to get back and we got to have those messengers real life uh, flesh and blood messengers that have been there and talk to us and tell us how it was and what did they do to do it Wow. And you know what, Lisa, it takes stories just like this, like what you're, what you're putting up here with all of the astronauts today. We have to always keep our feet. I'm going to steal it from Casey Kasem. Keep your feet on the ground while reaching for the stars. Absolutely. Wow. Please come back to this show anytime in the future, you two, because I love space and I love talking about it. Very good, sir. <laughs> Thank you so much. You be brilliant today, okay? <laughs> okay. Thank you, Arrow. Thank that's you. A, and that's an incredible name. Oh, it's it's just a radio name that you know came from the universe. So that's. <laughs> but thank you so much. Okay. Absolutely.